2: And it's uh, getting up to speed here, but SEO Rockstars is live for what must be a record number of weeks in a row. Are you there with me, my brother Greg?
3: I think it's week five.
2: Week five? Who would have ever thought?
3: It's kind of scary, isn't it?
2: Never would have thought.
3: You know, it's kind of starting to feel like a real job now, so. <laughs>
2: right, that that would mean we're putting time into it.
3: That's kind of stressing me out a little bit. <laughs> we might have take next week off.
2: There you go. Well, next week we uh, we land on Valentine's Day.
3: Oh, God.
2: Yes. I, I, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, I got the two little ones at home, so we're probably not doing much of anything. But we are. Your kids are old enough to pretty much look after themselves, aren't they? They they do a pretty good job of that. Excellent. But Thanks for reminding me about the Mother's I mean,
3: the Valentine's Day thing, because those are, you know, important holidays.
2: There you go. Well, those are the ones yeah. that get you in trouble if you don't pay attention and forget. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I know Barbara a little bit, and I, I'm pretty dead certain she'd uh she'd do horrible things to you if you forgot. Oh she has, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so what's new in the world of SEO on your end of things?
3: Uh, kind of an exciting early
2: week so far.
3: It's amazing what
2: can happen by Tuesday. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's kinda weird, you know. Uh I'm enjoying reading all the posts about all the Euro spammers out there finally getting their due justice. (laughs) They've been raping and pillaging for years with uh, no wrath from Google whatsoever, and now all of a sudden Google's after European web
2: spam. I love it. I love it. But what's interesting, though, is, you know, we used to always talk a lot about the big brands and, and how you could pretty much do whatever you want. I mean, people go to... Did the search engine and they search for BMW they expect to find BMW. Right. And we and then we would then we got on talking about the old crusty domains and how you can get away with whatever you want to an extent on the old crusty domains because they kinda have this free pass. A couple of major brands kicked out of the European Googles. Only
3: because it became public. True. Well here, let, let's backtrack for our listeners who don't European engines have always been four or five years behind as far as what you could get away with expired domain name stuff that's just doesn't really work that well here anymore uh, works great so apparently it's not being policed so the big brands of Europe have taken it upon themselves to solve their issues and get ranked for stuff and now it got called out so you know I looked at it uh, most of it was CSS hidden text kind of stuff
2: yeah well, and, and that's the, the other thing, too, is that a lot of it's kind of really the uh, the old school stuff that that we used to do a ton of.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like three, four, I used to do that kind of stuff for big brands here in the U.S. Same kind of situation. Page is all Flash or it's all graphics, but people want to find it. And I'm looking at it, and it's like, okay, there's hidden text, but if somebody typed that in, they got the BMW model they were looking for, Right. I just don't see where the harm or foul
2: is, really. Exactly. The question is, how long will they be out? Well, it sounds like, if you you read Matt's blog, and somebody just pointed this out to me uh, on IM, that it might only be 30 days prior, you know, barring an actual uh, re-inclusion request. I mean, on on Matt's blog, he says... Oh, I bet it'll be less than that. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting though is he, he as he he did a big long post about the whole BMW thing, and then he his last couple of sentences here says finally, as long as we're on the subject of cars, to the domestic car maker whose European domain had hidden text on their front page, your 30-day removal was set to expire in two days, but the hidden text has been taken off the page, so I'm scheduling the domain for re-inclusion now. So it sounds like there's this 30-day. Window. Well, that's what... Okay, so remember back when
3: the, the tool was announced. So basically, and, and the thing to clear up for people who are listening is that Googlebot itself does not chrome, comb the web and check and identify hidden text while it's doing its indexing. There's a separate set of tools that get dispatched onto sites that have been reported for spamming. And that tool has an automatic 30-day penalty. So that tool will come back and revisit in 30 days to check to see if your hidden text is gone. At least this is how it was explained in the day by a Google guy. So uh, it checks, and if it's gone, then bam, you get to come back in. So hidden text is kind of a slap on the wrist penalty. Um, and yeah, so apparently... Saying it got caught and it was going to get put back in, and we'll just give it an extra earlier date. Now the question is this: if the page didn't rank before without the hidden text, and now they've been scolded and they take it off, so the page goes back to the way it was. What are the odds that it will start ranking for the term that they were targeting anyway?
2: Say fairly slim in my my book. I mean, if you're Google,
3: what do you do there? All well, the pages I saw matched, and they, and they were the
2: page you'd want to land on. Right. But if, I mean, it, I, I don't think that Google can really do anything other than put it back out there in the wild and say, you rank where you rank. And, but then that begs the question of, you know, BMW should rank for BMW, and if they're not because they're just crappy SEO, then where do you go from there? Like, shouldn't Google be returning BMW for BMW because that's what you expect? Uh, is I believe that's kind of where you were headed with that. Right, right. H-
3: how do you resolve that dilemma? I mean, because, you know, and the funny thing is is it seems to only I – mean, I've seen these cases, you know, in, in the U.S., and I've showed you examples of some of these sites that – you know, I had a client one time where it, it was 100% flash site, and we did some serious cloaking. We took the site – they had context that was in flash files and we turned that into text and we fed it to the engines and we got it ranked for a very popular term and And then over time when they stopped being a client at the agency that I was working with they took down the cloaking and just converted it to low budget hidden text on the page
1: mm-hmm.
3: and for the longest time and I know I know
2: people that reported that page and it didn't really ever disappear um but they, but then you have a whole thing with the spam report question. I mean, right. how, there's no way Google is actually actively investigating every single spam report that they get.
3: No, but here's, here's the thing about this one is this one got timely press, this time by Google themselves. Right. Because Matt already declared a month ago, he, he threw out that warning, we're going to go after your European web spam rides over. So they went out and found examples on purpose, busted them, and
2: put them out there to make everybody go, oh, my God, go clean up the hidden text. Yeah. But I, it's, it's interesting, too, that they're such... I mean, they went out and found some really big stuff to hit. Right. But I, I still don't buy that, that they have this really great system to go find hidden text and duplicate content and all that kind of stuff, because you still just see way too much of it.
3: Oh, I'm sure they probably just finally got around. I mean, you, you think about it? If you're a competitor in Europe, there's probably been people ratting out those sites forever.
2: Yes, exactly. And that's... that's I
3: You know, that, that be, stuff's be, be been there a long time. This is It's not like they just recently went, hey. I don't know. And especially Somebody the dot .de. Go do it. All those German spammers, there's a ton of that stuff everywhere. So it just becomes a good example to once again try to scare everybody else into... Behaving. You know, everybody's rushing to hide your hit text off, but I don't know. Thirty days out, that's what's that worth? Well, you take it off uh, now, and your ranking sucks, and your traffic goes to nil. Right? Mm-hmm. You, you're not getting any traffic. Why would you take it off when you can just take it off and get back in in thirty days?
2: But if, if so, you're back in and. and whatever that's great you want to be in Google but the, the other question is for those people that don't notice that they've been booted or have weren't able to figure out why and that, that 30 day comes around and they haven't done anything it pops up for a, a re-inclusion oh it's still there does it get penalized for another 30 days or I mean it would be really interesting to know if you get kind of a three strikes and then you're done forever kind of thing
3: yeah I guess if they never notify you I would think it would just roll over for another 30 days, and it just stays that way until
2: the bot detects that it's gone, I would guess. Could could well be. But it would seem to make some sense to me that after a while that Google would stop spending the resources on a site that's never fixed itself.
3: Possibly. But, you know, it always gets back to that argument, and the tough thing to battle this is... Uh, getting threatened to be kicked out of an index you never were in or never ranked well in isn't really much of a threat.
2: <laughs>
3: you know what I mean? For these kind of sites.
2: That, that's a very good You're just point. not going
3: to go to corporate b and and say, you know what? You guys got to stop making these sites 100% photos and flash. They're all about selling the features of the car, and it's hard to do that without being highly graphical.
2: Right, right? but there's, there's a difference between, you know, properly you know, building out a proper HTML site and cloaking it back and, and all that kind of stuff with the, the pure garbage that BMW.de actually had put out there. Right. So there's, there's the, the two very, very different things. But before we jump into a little bit more about uh, that, uh, Shandy King in the chat room actually asked me if we could get into some stuff about cloaking today, and I thought that probably was a pretty good idea um, based on what we're even talking about right now. Let's uh, pop to a quick commercial and pay some bills. And while we're on break, throw your yep. questions
3: in the chat room that you want a, a specific questions about cloaking, so we'll
2: get to Absolutely.
0: That.
1: PRWeb is the pioneer in online press release visibility. Think beyond search. Online visibility is what really matters. PRWeb's exclusive online visibility engine delivers your message to your customers and major media outlets. Get the credibility and attention you deserve. Think online visibility from PRWeb. PR Web, the only major newswire service that drives quality, measurable traffic to your site. It's all about links linkads.com it's SC gurus rainmaker don't let me come over there I'll come over here and it is beautiful co host Brandy
3: you would have never heard
0: Darren speak publicly he is the most
3: I'm speaking publicly right
0: now
1: (laughs) (laughs) rainmaker Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern only on webmaster radio
0: Them, boys and girls, because here comes the S.E.O. Rockstar! Hi, this is Greg Murphy. We love you, Bucky, great! This see the oil man here. There you go. Hot row of geeks. I think it's standing room only.
1: Virtual standing room only. Yeah, I like it.
2: Hey Folks, we are coming back. Just, uh, I was get, getting a PM from Mr. Producer going, hey, that's the new uh, some new promo stuff. You guys are coming back now. I kept waiting for the old one. Those guys have way too much time on their hands. <laughs> I kind of like that one. It was a you know, like rock and roll, big live concert feel to it. That was cool.
3: All that reverb was just making my head bounce around.
2: <laughs> so, we got some
3: questions cloaking, and they, they're all over the board here in the chat room. So... Uh, we should probably start with a, a recap of really what it is, since somebody asked that. And uh, cloaking, or I, IP delivery, as I prefer to call it, uh, <laughs> is simply checking IDs at the door and, and serving content based on the IP address of the person or thing asking for the content. So you can do, it's, it's the same technology that's used in geotargeting, if you have somebody coming from Canada, you can serve them different content than somebody coming from China, uh, because you can detect their IP address and, and where they are in the world, and then serve your content accordingly. Um, in the years gone past, I was a big, big cloaker. I did a lot of cloaking, and typically the corporate kind of cloaking, the kind of stuff like you're seeing here, with the except IP-based. And the one thing I'll say about this Euro spam we're seeing is the perfect reason why you should learn how to cloak properly. Because I, I will say that if, if they were actually using IP delivery as opposed to poor man's cloaking with CSS and just JavaScript and stuff like that, they probably would have never been ratted out to begin with. And and usually these pinnings start with a competitor who can view what you're doing, getting upset, and, and firing off a spam report. So if they had done it properly and were serving based on IPs, those competitors would have never been able to see the content that Google saw. Um, and that's that's the gist of it. And it really was very popular in a time when, especially in the, in the dot-com boom, there was no way you could get... People had money and they were just being idiots with it, and they had these big bloated websites, sometimes some good content, but you could never get the IT department to seriously sit down and discuss
2: things like mod rewrite or anything like that. Well, and a lot of the times you had websites where that you know, might not even work, and you get into it with the marketing team or whoever, and they go, hey, look, buddy, we paid a you know, million dollars or two million dollars for this crazy website, and there's no you're, you're out of your mind if you think we're going to change the technology behind it.
3: Oh, that was always the best thing, coming in as a consultant. Uh, yeah, you know what you need to do? I'm sorry. You just need to tear it all down and start over again that just never really went over very well so ultimately what would end up happening is is we would come up with a plan B which would be how can we take this content present it to the bot to get it indexed and then take the human and land them on the human equivalent page and that was everything from you know sites that had IT technical courses to big brand names that you would recognize walking down the aisle in the supermarket Uh, everybody had these issues and and uh, it was a big business for a while. Over time, now that all the original dot-com cash is gone, people have to be a little more smart with how they spend their money. Now they're willing to put the time into building stuff properly. So there's a little less of it going on these days than there was. Um, but one of the questions in the chat room also was, you know, how much different does the page served to the bot have to be human page before you get penalized and I guess it depends on you know a lot of people think that there's auto penalties out there for cloaking and, and a lot of engines in the past talked about basically the way you would bust cloaking from an automated standpoint is you simply you know rent a proxy from AOL or some some uh, block of IPs that would never ever be run by a real bot and you crawl everything once Googlebot or whatever your engine is, and then you cross-check it against a crawl from an IP that's unidentified. Right. The content is dramatically different. Hey, we have cloaking, and you're busted. But in theory, those systems never really work very well because there's so much content that is ta-
2: custom-tailored by IP anyway. Well, w- wasn't there a lot of discussion uh, centered around the fact that um, Google really doesn't have access to IPs that they don't own? In...
3: No, you know, I mean, there was a time when Ink to me actually made a deal with, I uh, can't remember who it was, I think it was AOL, or MSN at the time. Actually, I, I remember talking to some engineers, and they had a thing in place to actually do it. So, in theory, it's possible. The question becomes, Is it does it make sense to do it on a large automated, are you going to catch enough and clean up the index
2: enough? Right. Uh, on a
3: automated scale and and the answer is no because you're going to get so many false positives because of you know a lot of sites you can spider five minutes
2: from now and the content's different than it was before so you look at news sites and blog sites and all that sort of stuff especially in the day
3: and age of blogging exactly
2: sites that have
3: new content all the time is so common now that it would be very hard to do that but as a tool to use in certain markets or in certain areas where you already suspect the content to begin with. Mm -hmm. And that typically is the key here. If you're doing stuff and somebody suspects you're cheating, then you're you know, that's when you would take a tool like that and run it. But I will say that I I know in, in the good old days we used to do it, that many times stuff did get reviewed
2: by hand
3: and was allowed to stay. And the idea being is that if, if you're not dramatically skewing what's on the page, if, you re- if it really ends up being pretty much a lo-fi version of content
2: on the page, you're probably going to be okay. Well, and you just answered Epic's question in the chat room. He he wanted us to define dramatically different, and I think you know as we already mentioned, the BMW example is something that was dramatically different. Yeah, I, but if you go to like the page. And it's not obviously, you know, a bloated, over-SEOed page. It's got a nice title tag, good description. It's got a, a fair, proper English written representation of what the graphical page would have been. You know, those are the kinds of things that you're looking for here.
3: And, and the other thing that was problematic with uh, BMW stuff is one of the things we used to really adhere to when we would do it is is to making sure that we weren't creating... Dramatically new navigational systems, or at least the content. Sometimes we would link it. A lot of times we would use it strictly to just restructure how the sites were presented. Not the total number of pages is the same. Like I actually had a couple of instances where I came in to a big client and said, "Hey, you should rebuild your site and restructure it like this." And their argument was, "Well, we're not due for a redesign in for another six to twelve months." So if you can prove your case between now and then, then we'll incorporate that in the budget and do it. So we would use the IP delivery to show them a better navigation structure. So what I could then go in and do is restructure the site myself, purely text without all the expense of redesign, and feed the content in a new architecture to the bots, get it indexed, get it ranked, deliver humans to where the content actually exists on the current site. Nobody was cheated or misled, and all of a sudden, search traffic dramatically shoots up, so then, six, so it became a temporary medium step to get to where we wanted to go. I could walk oh. and say, see, here's what we did, it worked,
2: now shell out the money and rebuild the whole site like that. But you also have, back at that time, a lot of cloaking was used for uh, bait-and-switch tactics. Oh, Yeah which, you know, which really doesn't work anymore. So, I mean, you know, you weren't, it was easy to not be sort of evil about it because, you know, cloaking was sort of, it was really cutting edge, and everybody was going, this is kind of cool, and, say the site's about, you know, whatever car or whatever topic, and it's Flash, but then this page is still about that, so it's kind of all cool. But now we have cloaked for for... Real over optimization and cloaking for for spam purposes uh, being more the popular
3: well and that's narrative. the best the biggest thing that the engines did to kind of neuter it was getting off the page in other words if whether whether I let humans see it or not if it's spammy it's spammy right so if I take a page and I put five h1 tags in it and a paragraph Competitive text. If the algorithm can catch that, it can catch it, whether or not I allow that to be cached or I allow human visitors to see it. So once the algorithm got better on on targeting that kind of stuff, anyway, then the whole thing of you know dramatically cheating um, became you know less of an issue.
2: Exactly.
3: But I I think it's making a comeback, and I we use it for a lot of different stuff still. Not the same way that we used to in a lot of ways, Um, but as far as how we serve links to bots, what links we serve, keeping them out of areas of sites to create loops, Uh, a lot of times, you know, companies think that mod rewrite is all they need to do, but you can have mod rewritten duplicate content coming out your butt, right? It happens all the time. You still have to go in and, and make sure your system's not generating multiple links for the same content. So when we find those spots where that's happening, we can just say, you know what, when Google requests this page, just leave out that one link. Don't give it to them.
2: Everything will be better. Well, and we're also playing in a world with three search engines that work, you know, fairly differently compared to how tight they all used to be. Right, right. And so we're, we're dealing with different tactics for different different engines, like, you know, the, the 301 subdomaining stuff that we were doing. Well, we only did that for Google. Left it where it was for everybody else.
3: Exactly.
2: Um, for, for those of you that aren't in the chat room, uh, Grey Wolf just posted a question Do you want to block caching when you cloak? And uh, uh, Loki said yes, and I would agree with that 100%. Absolutely. Because that, otherwise, yeah, yeah, you're just leaving your dirty laundry out there for everybody to see. The
3: big threat, okay, the reason, uh, but the funny thing is, is a lot, and that's why cache is really kind of what caused people to move away from IP to JavaScript-based or, you know, what we call blue-collar cloaking, right? So <laughs> in the, because everybody was so afraid of using the no archive. Because in theory, and I even think at one time Google actually commented on that, that when they did a spot check of all of the sites using the no archive, you know, 78% of it content they would deem spammy. So the idea is that if you if you do use a no archive, you flag your content
2: for review. But Um, the the, the no archive is, I mean, even though uh, like a big number of what they checked was spam and so forth. You know, we have a lot of discussion about you know the search engines throwing the baby out with the bathwater by you know too much collateral damage and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I don't think that the no archive is a I, I think there'd be too much collateral damage associated with an automatic flag of that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, and I, I, I'd I always used it in the past, and i never really experienced that. I do know people that say, hey, we put that up, and all of a sudden, bam, we got busted. But then again, it might be because the stuff we were doing was, you know, within the unwritten
2: rules, of being okay. okay. Well, and it, it could also be that that was the final straw for them. I mean, right. there's, there's so many people that come in around talking all the time, and you see them in the forums, where they go, well, I just did this one thing. And then if you stop and really dig into it, there, there's a whole, a whole mess of stuff that they've done wrong or that is spammy. And, you know, perhaps it was just finally the culmination was what tripped the penalty or whatever, however you want to look at it.
3: Well, very very
2: rarely one thing all by itself you got to be kind of careful, too, because one little glitch
3: or one little, you know, IP not accounted for, and all of a sudden you're standing in a big room with your pants down around your ankles. You
2: know, <laughs> looking like a big dork. Absolutely. So you're you're going to go cloaking. Test, 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 test before you put that sucker live. Yeah, so maybe all of our... Uh,
3: Euro buddies out there will start dusting off their IP delivery systems and get back to being real men.
2: Think? I, I know, I know one fella who is
3: <laughs> because now, now, and I'll tell you what: there's been people screaming about the spam, and especially .de Germans are very prolific spammers. <laughs> they are. We know a couple, right?
2: Absolutely.
3: Nice rock. Uh, You know, people have been complaining about it for a long time. But, of course, the people complaining are not the people typing in the words in the little white box. The people complaining are the competitors. So, in that sense, it's like, so what? As long as the end user's happy. But everybody over there, you know, is going to have to start working a little harder. to earn their keep. Uh, CSS, I mean, come on, when I can just click a button on my Firefox and just make all CSS vanish, and, you got to make me work harder than that.
2: Yeah. you, you got to figure, if, if we can see that much stuff with the tools and the browser extensions and the plugins that we have,
3: Yeah, I can you imagine, imagine what, you know...
2: Imagine what Matt is seeing when he opens up that freaky-ass little control panel on his laptop. Yeah, and speaking of that... Well, before we speak of that, um, let's let's To a break, but I'm going to address one last thing on the uh, on the IP delivery stuff. Gray Wolf is asking, "What's the best way to keep your IP list up to date?" Uh, Uh, that's
3: that's the big question. I just
2: dropped a link in the chat room to Mr. Hurd's site, ip-delivery.com.
3: And here's the thing about that site, Uh, John Hurd. He's one of the guys that first ever built cloaking software. Um. His software application itself is not a very automated thing. It's it's a great package to start with if you're just learning. But what John does that is phenomenal is maintain a list of IPs. And I always tell people, if I had to track and monitor that out myself, I probably would never close.
2: But oh, uh, if you buy work.
3: John's, what you can do is you can subscribe to his IP list update. You'll get a notification. I mean, really, when a new bot hits the web, within five minutes of it crawling anywhere you get an email telling you to update your list and what the new IP is. And I think in all the years I've used IP technology, I think I've been caught snoozing once or twice, and that was because I
2: got the notification and I was just lazy and didn't update the file. (laughs) From what I understand, uh, Phantom Master is really, really spot on with his list as well.
3: Yeah, and his list, now here's, if you're gonna do, uh, now the thing about John's list is it's very US-centric primarily focuses on the big players MSN, Jeeves Yahoo, Google and for the stuff that i would always done that was all I really cared about. Uh, Phantom Masters list covers every single bot that's ever indexed a page anywhere in the entire world. The so if you are working over
2: in Europe that would probably be a better list. Um, Man, maybe we should uh, go see if BMW wants to buy a copy. Yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well on that note let's uh, let's to a break here, and when we come back, we'll pick up your thought uh, that you were rolling into about Mr. Cuts. Yep. <laughs>
0: today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. <laughs> Oh, Ron's back! Hi, this
3: is great posing. We love you, Bucky Boy! did you
0: see the oil man here. There you go. Front row of geek? I think it's
2: standing room only. Virtual and in room only.
3: Yeah, I like it.
2: We are back. It's going to take a little while to get used to that new uh, new transition. Yeah. <laughs> I love my groupie. I wonder who that groupie is.
3: Screams my, <laughs> we love you, monkey boy. <laughs> <laughs> Made my day. Well, you know, I...
2: Oh, you guys rock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've spent the commercial break uh, voting for the next, uh, who I think will be the next uh, sample president, by the way. Now, poor Chris. <laughs> I'm sure he logged on
3: there and went, oh, my God, I'm that popular? <laughs> no, Chris, here's the deal. Anytime somebody ever puts up anything that's auto-vote, we all just hammer it for fun. It's a kick. It's a yeah. Kick. If you guys are going to write polling stuff, you need to put in IP filters and stuff so we can't click it.
2: Oh, absolutely. I'm going to... I'll actually... I, I wasn't going to say anything about this one. This one's kind of funny. I was just kind of you getting know, quiet about it and whatnot because it's Sempo, and they get picked on so much. But there's uh I, I put the link in the chat room. It's promediacorp.com slash Sempo-poll. And uh, Promedia Corp is a Sempo member, and they very much like Sempo, which is, I think, great. And so what he wanted to know was hey, there's all these people that are up, you know, in the running for pres of the organization. And uh, it'd be kind of fun, a little bit of link bait to uh, put up a poll and see who the public thinks should win this deal. And uh, I just, I couldn't resist. I was just, you know, I went in to, to vote for, for Chris. He's a good guy. I've been on a panel with him. He's, he's a fun guy. thought I'd have a little bit of fun, so I voted for him. And then for some reason I voted and then I, you know, I clicked submit and then it gives you the page with the results and i hit uh, i hit f5 and reloaded the page and lo and behold if it didn't tag another vote on for me yeah, so then i thought well I don't even,
3: voting software right there
2: i don't even need to write a script for this <laughs> i popped open a whole bunch of tabs in opera opera has this cool little function that does an auto refresh every x number of seconds so i opened up a whole bunch of tabs loaded each one up, voted for Chris in each one, and then set them all to auto-refresh every five seconds and just let them sit there for most of the morning. <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm sorry, Chris, it was me.
3: Yeah, but you never know. That poll might... <laughs> I might put them over the, the top. voting population, right? <laughs> Nobody likes to vote for a loser. So you look at that and you kind of go,
2: man, if
3: everybody <laughs> likes him that much, I might as well vote for him too.
2: Exactly. And you know, you don't even if you want to just like go hit F five a whole bunch of times really fast, like just pound it as fast as you can. You don't even have to wait for the page to reload. It just keeps voting and then when it finally catches up it's like, you know, a hundred new votes. Yeah. I actually was hitting F five fast enough I, I took the server down or temporarily took the script temporarily offline. It's back now.
3: Well while you were doing it I was refreshing it and and for every one vote I would add to Jesse's, yours would add six. You <laughs> just kept running away with it.:
2: so now, so now I'm refreshing it, and I'm just seeing how many people in the chat room have, have gone there and are voting for Chris, and uh, I'm disappointed. it's only me. But uh, anyways, enough, enough fun and games at the expense of Chris. I'll send him a nice email and a case of beer as a way of apology. But uh, you were running away with a thought about uh, Matt just before the break.
3: Well, you know, it's funny. Last week when he was on the show, we, we talked a lot about the whole big daddy thing, and and we spent some time on the the age filtering stuff. And for those of you who didn't hear the show, uh, we had taken a, a site that Todd owns that was incredibly sandboxed, and we did a little 301 trickery and, and pointed a new subdomain off of my domain at it, and lo and behold, in a week's time... It was free from the sandbox and ranking number one where it should be uh, from a different address. And we you know, questioned Matt about, isn't that a pretty good indication that there's some age filtering going on? And his comment was that my your links were wonky.
2: Wonky, I, I believe wonky. that was the technical term.
3: That was the technical term? So he looked at it on his super-duper console and said that, no, my links that I pointed out were better quality and that, there was some something wonky about your original set of links that made it not rank. It really wasn't an age thing. So lo and behold, about an hour after the show's over, I go look, and the site's nowhere to be found, in any Google database anywhere.
2: None of the big daddy data centers, nothing. Nope. Nope. Gone. Wiped off the face of the earth. Totally it gone. Persisted. Now,
3: it could be that there was a new algo tweak that just happened to happen, coincidentally, right after the show. Could be. Or it could be Matt just pushed a button and got rid of it. <laughs> that doesn't seem very nice, Matt. And if that, it really was that you had wonky links and I had good links, then should it not be allowed to be seen? Right? Tough call, man. not really sure why you would not want people to see it, unless, of course, it was an indication that your stuff's pretty
2: heavy on the age filtering. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I'm not going to really lose too much sleep over it, because obviously... It oh, I'm not, it was... Fight, it was but a it, it, does, it does raise a ton of questions.
3: Right. And, uh, and which also brings us back into this big data thing. So another interesting thing is I'm sitting here monitoring some of the, the new IPs that he gave out on the show. And interesting little tidbit is that today, um, I'm seeing a lot of weird stuff. Like, for example, I have this client that has a domain that at one time engaged in bad behavior and got a lot of bad links, right? And those links, and pretty much that's all the site has, is those kind of links. So, but they've reformed and they're cleaning up and, you know, they're they're going legit and all that kind of stuff. So past few months has been about, okay, how can we relaunch this site somewhere else or, you know, start from scratch because we cheated and it's never going to rank in Google. All of a sudden today, on one of the new, on all the new Big Daddy. Well, actually, I get a phone call. Hey, we're number four for our term, <laughs> and it's the original site.
2: Very, so very interesting
3: Example, slipping through the Big Daddy thing, um, where all of a sudden sites that are you know, hundred uh, percent, shall we say, bad neighborhood links, mm-hmm. uh, all of a sudden are on the first page.
2: Well, I just uh, just checked out a couple of sites that I did the link condom subdomain redirect deal on, Mm -hmm. and uh, they're still sitting out there quite fine. So I'm going to say that it wasn't an algo shift.
3: Yeah, me too. (laughs) 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 What I'm upset about is the other stuff I had on my server that's missing now, too.
2: There you go.
3: (laughs) Just not very fair, Mr. Cutts.
2: Now, okay, uh, now you just said there was the other other stuff on your server was there did you lose more that was on that same server at the same time
3: um we've done some other testing stuff that has seemed to have slipped pretty dramatically and here's here's the interesting thing too in this in in the big daddy thing today that seems to be glitching it's almost like they're running it right now uh Actually, look, I've been a big fan of it, saying, hey, it's way better, the redirection stuff. So what I'm seeing now is an example that's really odd. We talk about this 301 redirection stuff. The initial Big Daddy, if you had to move a site and set that up, it would pick it up very quick. And, you know, like Matt said, that 99% of the time they're going to list the destination URL. But you remember I said we're going to reserve the right to not follow that rule on occasion. So what I'm seeing now a lot of stuff like that where redirects have been done for Google or to move something for Google that they're now showing both. Mhm. And the redirected destination page is not ranking. So, are those hand tweaks or is that a new thing? I'm not see, I can't imagine that it would be because that kind of defeats the whole purpose of that that puts us like two steps behind where the old infrastructure was.
2: Right. Right.
3: And, you know but the interesting like the redirected one won't have it it'll have a cache link but no cache. so
2: yeah it's there's some interesting stuff that that's happening and I think that you you they're they're playing with it yeah. and that's what the whole point of, of, of the big daddy thing is is hey let's let's play with this thing and the fact that it has just been rolled out to more than than that single data center doesn't mean that they you know, are happy with it and are just going to roll it out now. And hey, this is what the new Google is going to
3: be. But the interesting thing is that there's there doesn't seem to be any. In other words, they're not doing out of, they're not making tweaks on individual data centers. Uh, all the ones that have Big Daddy on it are showing the same stuff. So well, I
2: mean, sure, it's, structure tweak. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's only know. three data centers at this point, though, isn't it? Three or
3: five? Uh, I don't know, we might up to four now. But um, yeah wobbling around a lot it's it's kind of fun to watch it but it also puts you in a point from uh, what's really crazy right now especially dealing with clients and everything is that between the big daddies and all the other data, there's no two data centers like even remotely close to showing the same stuff (laughs) so you start getting those phone calls why did that client call me we're
2: number four I'm like
3: no you're not you know where to be found
2: Maybe they were looking at that Canadian data center that I get. Yeah,
3: that was a great one. I think they have one set up just for you
2: to make you feel really good I think it's, I think about it's what you time do for a living. T- time for a new ISP. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going, man, if I'm ranking that well, where's all my money?
3: <laughs> so it's bounced around quite a bit, but um, a lot of interesting stuff. Another thing that I'm seeing a lot of that is interesting is the alt
2: text thing. Yeah, t- you were you were talking to me about that in instant messenger a little bit just just before the show saying you had some some new data to discuss. Yeah, you know,
3: uh, for for quite a while Google has indexed if you if you look at Google's cache and you'll see a little link that says uh, cache text only, okay? If you click on that link in, in the Google cache, the page will change and just show you text and what you'll see is On images that have a hyperlink, if there is alt text, an alt attribute for that image, that alt attribute gets converted into the anchor text for a link. So those words then become hyperlinked. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you know, we've you we know some people in the past have done some pretty tricky stuff with that. The idea being that it really seems that Google from what I can see, gives it pretty much the same amount of weight as regular anchor text. So, for example, if you're running a a menu navigation system and you use little graphic bullets and then your text link on the side, and I had this conversation with a client, I'm going, dude, your stuff's looking a little spammy because you got, you know, 30 links down the side and they're all keyword phrase I want, keyword phrase I want, keyword. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just written to look, obviously, that you're targeting the anchor text. So... What we could do is add some little graphical bullets and pull out some of the words out of the anchor text and include them in the alt text and supplement your indexable content using both. So now from a front view, it looks much cleaner. It looks less like you're writing for bots. And then from under the code view, that stuff's still gonna index and you're probably gonna end up with the same results, but a little more under the radar. So, and that was one of the things I've been curious about, whether or not there's going to be a big switch. And and I'm seeing, for example, in the little SEO contest going on, there's some sites that are ranking uh, where a large chunk of their links are coming, image links, with alt text as opposed to actual anchor text.
2: Right. Now, it's interesting that you've noticed that, because I've always been very firmly in the school of thought that, yeah, alt text, you should do it, and it should be descriptive, and it's, you know user accessibility, Bobby compliant, right. all that sort of stuff, but I never really put a lot of stock in that alt text being very valuable.
3: Well, it's not if the image is not a hyperlink. Right. Totally ignored from what I can tell from an indexing standpoint if you just stuff an alt attribute full of all the keywords you want to have on your page. So it does not it's not applying to the content of the page that the image is on. But the idea being that, hey, you think about it, it makes sense because a lot of natural linking that happens is image-based. Right. So if you're going to have an algorithm that says, we look at links to help determine what a page is about, it would make sense to treat that text similar to,
2: um, you know,
3: anchor text. So that's something I would suggest people start fiddling with, especially your own internal navigation. And, and it's a fun thing to test because a lot of times, uh, you know, people mouse over that. If if your little graphical bullet is linked to the same thing the text is, you know, they mouse over, they're, they're all going to get the same page.
2: Right. I'm going to have to. I think I'm going to start playing with that a little bit. And gen- generally, I go after, you know, hey, change all those images to actual, you know, text. And well, in your world that you work, right, you can see how that would be beneficial.
3: Oh, for it's a sure. lot easier to go into a pre-existing
2: website with graphic navigation.
3: Absolutely, and and seed that alt text, and it is to go in and go, hey dude, you got to take that out. <laughs> I need text there, and the designers going, you got to be kidding me. That looks like crap.
2: <laughs>
3: you know those battles. I
2: mean, they go, well, see designers always getting in the way of good solid SEO.
3: Well, it's always fun going in a big company and just jumping in there and getting the designers pissed at the IT guys, and the IT guys pissed at the marketing guys. <laughs> it's Aussie, just that never it. happens. They all like get the along great. Bermuda Triangle, you know? <laughs> you just step out and, and they duke it out.
2: Well, and then you get them all busy and they feel like they're doing stuff and they're fighting and then you get to bill them at the end of the month. And
3: Yeah, and nothing improves. <laughs>
2: Welcome to Corporate SEO. Every so often, though, you come across, you know, some really good clients. And, uh, I, I'm actually lucky enough to work with a couple uh, companies that, you know, you tell them to do something and uh, I kid you not this guy emails me back within 24 hours okay it's done what's next
3: yeah to then the pressure gotta wait till next month man yeah wait <laughs> I'll tell you once the next check clears
2: <laughs> but it is it is very different and uh, I think that's one of the reasons I really like actually doing this show so much and, and doing it with you is that we're, we're both working in two um, to a large extent two different worlds I know you do a lot of uh, consulting, or and used to, but you know this helps keep me sort of knee deep in the in the muck, so to speak.
3: Oh yeah, you got it. You know, which is a, you which is a keep lot of fun on top of everything. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, the f- nice thing too is that all the weird emails I get so many emails from people asking. I think we'll just start doing. I think next week we should do a, ta- a show on. Um, Defending your brand in search results. I, I get so many emails from—I mean, some of the biggest companies you can imagine. There's a suck site out there.
2: They're ranking. How do we make it go away? <laughs> the best one that we got, when we we both got it, was just just this past week where it was this very cryptic thing. It was it was about a suck site sort of issue, and it was from a Yahoo email address or a Gmail address, and uh, the dude wanted advice. On what to do about this, but he preferred to remain anonymous. Right. And it was he said, awesome. "What
3: do you suggest?" I said, "I said, I suggest you hire consultants
2: consultant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I, can get, if I can get a check to clear that's signed by anonymous. Then more power to you. I'll give you the answers. <laughs> right, but I, I seriously probably get
3: three or four of those a month.
2: Because well, it's 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 a real it's a real problem out there with. So I mean, the internet being so accessible now, and websites are so easy to build, and where the you know you can get a domain for six or seven dollars, you can get hosting for uh, free, depending on where you even go, and you know a little built-in web editor, and you go, oh, I hate these guys, they suck, and you send it to all your little blogger buddies, and they link to it, and all of a sudden you have a suck site ranking. Well, the uh, thing
3: is, too, is is for the majority of the people on the web, their brands are not that competitive. Right. So then it becomes, you know, know, if you're going to try to make a suck site for Coca-Cola or something, that's going to be a little harder because those companies have the ability to leverage their properties if they know what they're doing. But we could probably do a whole show on it because I've actually done a lot of that kind of work, and it's pretty fun.
2: Well, why don't why don't we do that and actually be a week ahead in our planning? Yeah. And say next week we're going to talk about defending your brand against sucks sites and bad press and that sort of thing. And between now and then, everybody out there head over to the SEO Rockstars blog. We even undesigned, we'll go post on it that that's what we're going to do so you can comment there and start can bringing
3: Somebody in your design us a template, please.
2: Well, actually, speaking of which, Ogletree emailed me a logo with the Spinal Tap font. Oh, really? And it's definitely headed in the right direction, but uh, Mr. Ogletree, if you're listening out there, you need a WordPress theme, my man. Okay, so we need uh, Nigel. Nigel Hoffman.
3: Yeah, I, I, we need the, the dude with the beard, the bass player. He's out of the loop. <laughs> but I figure, you know... The other two guys, we could be good. That now would we kind of fit with our new intro. and oh, Totally. Hopefully let everybody understand that we honestly don't take it seriously.
2: <laughs>
3: tired of that one. So, but yeah, well that would probably be a good show next week.
2: And yeah, I think so. Well, it, it comes up so much, and everybody knows about SEO to a large extent, and they understand this and that, but really... It's not about ranking your site. It's about pushing this other stuff down and out, and that's that's very that's counter to what everybody, you know, really believes out there. Yeah, you can still outrank them, but they might be number two where you're number one. So they're still right up there in your face.
3: Yeah, you got to find a way to occupy all ten of the spots or control the sites that.
2: There you go. It can be pretty easy. On that do. note, I'm seeing. Shortly after five, man. We, yeah. We another one together.
3: That one flew by. So, so Todd will be working on that blog, and uh, I won't. And <laughs> I expect it to look beautiful in a day or two, and
2: everybody be posting on it. There you go. Well, <laughs> at, the, at the very least, I'm going to head over to it. The blog is at seorockstars.com for everybody out there listening. And uh, I'll get over there in the next day, and I'll post up the, our topic for next week, so at least we can get discussion rolling there. And uh, we will get to the design bits um, someday soon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, man, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, being here today, everybody. And uh, Greg, good job. Always good having you around. We'll catch you all next week. Until next time.